0: Welcome to Uricron. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Uricron is a podcast where we chronicle extraordinary people and their extraordinary stories. Our goal is simple, entertain, inspire, educate, and at times humor our audience while our guests build their audio legacy. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. Erica Rose is a Houston native, probably most well-known for her appearance on The Bachelor and other reality shows. Erica has a law degree, law degrees, from the University of Houston, an LLM degree from Southwestern Law School in Los Angeles, and is a certified life coach from the Life Coach Institute in Orange County, where she specialized in empowerment coaching and dating. Yeah. She has come a long way since then and is now a practicing family law attorney and a married mother of two beautiful daughters, Holland and Aspen, and their beloved cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Silla?
1: Yes. <laughs> I said it right? Yes, you did. Uh, oh,
0: wonderful. Erica, welcome to your cron. Thank you. Thank thanks you for having for, well, me. Thanks for being here. It's great to see you. And um uh, Where would you like to begin your extraordinary story?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, recently, I guess. Sure. I passed my bar exam. I was so excited.
0: Congratulations. Thank
1: you. And I was nine months pregnant with my daughter, Aspen, when I took it. Wow. She was born five days later.
0: After you passed the bar.
1: Yeah. So she was born, like during the exam, they thought I was going to go into labor. Like they kept asking me, are you okay? Because I, w- I obviously looked super pregnant. So they're like, did your water break? Can we get you anything? I'm like, just let me finish this test. She was kicking the whole time. And I was like, let's just get through this. And then they make you wait until like three months to find out you passed. So I got my job. I started working and every day I was like freaking out. And I just found out a few weeks ago I passed. I was so excited.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. So (laughs) so you've worked at the same place since you've been in law school?
1: No, I just started um, at, it's called Holmes, Diggs & Sadler. It's one of the best family law firms in Texas. I just started there in October. Um, And it was kind of fate because when I was like taking we're actually, right after Aspen was born, my parents took our other daughter, Holland, on a trip to Aspen, Colorado, which is funny and kind of hard to keep up with. But um, And they went to a mutual friend's 40th birthday, and he had invited me, but I was like, I'm having a baby that week. I can't come. And so there, my he's a lawyer, and my parents met my now boss, Cindy Diggs, there. And my dad was telling her a lot about me. And so they got back in town. He's like, you need to call her. I'm like, I just had a baby. She's like two weeks old. But I still called her. We went out for coffee. And then she's like, come in and meet everyone and interview. And they hired me. And I'm like, "I, you know, they just had faith that I passed my bar exam and I did. So it's really cool how the timing of things works out sometimes.
0: It is. That's yeah. amazing. That is amazing. That What a week. I mean, yeah. Having
1: a baby. <laughs> yeah, it was really week. crazy. Yeah. It's been a good year.
0: Yeah. So how did your interest in law and specifically in the field of family law and child custody development. It's random
1: because like if you would have asked me um, straight out of college, if I was going to go to law school, I would have said, no way I'm done with school. Like I'm so over it. Um, Instead I was doing some local reporting. It was a show called wild about Houston with um, Lara Bell and this woman, Jan Glenn. And anyway, I was just doing some entertainment reporting for them um, and I went through a breakup, and I was right out of college, so I was like just turned 23. And my dad actually saw in the Chronicle an audition for The Bachelor, because they, used, you know, that's how we used to find out about things was the Chronicle, sure. not online. Yeah, and occasionally the Post. <laughs> yeah, and so he's like, "Why don't you go do this?" So I grabbed two of my girlfriends. We went down. It was at the ABC station, and we auditioned. Um, and then I got called back and one thing led to another and I got cast. So like law school was nowhere on my mind at that point. You know, I ran off, I filmed the bachelor, I wanted to do hosting. So I moved to LA after the show and did some of it here and there. And then I guess it was so random. My brother was going to law school and I was homesick. And I know that like those, and then one of my girlfriends and I were out one night you know, talking about careers and she was trying to be an actress and she'd done some acting and I was talking about how frustrating auditioning was. And she said, you know, why don't we just go to law school? Um, cause she was actually working on the side at a law firm and she's like, I think about it, but it's so much work. So I was just like, let's do it. And now we're both attorneys, like several, several years later, but it wasn't, it's funny cause it just wasn't something I'd ever thought about, but, um, family law specifically, I guess I just like working with people, like with my life coaching background and I'm passionate about, you know, helping parents get their rights as a parent mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. Yeah. So
0: you're just down one night and, hey, let's get to law school. For okay, that
1: sounds like. <laughs> That's really what happened. And I just signed up for my LSAT. I had three weeks to prepare for it because of deadlines for applications. But I'm just that type of person. Like when I set my mind to something, I can be impulsive, but I'll do it. You know?
0: Yeah. Once you, you can be impulsive, but once you say it's go, it's go.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, so. But I, I've changed my mind a lot. You know, my career paths a lot, but now I finally feel like I'm, where I want to be, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Were there times in law school where you said to yourself and your friend that you went there with, what mm-hmm. What did we do?
1: Yeah, there was definitely times because then while I was in law school, um, The Bachelor had this show called Bachelor Pad. Now they changed it to Bachelor in Paradise. And so they called me. So I filmed um, two seasons of it while I was in law school. So every summer it was like, time to go back to LA and film. And then I also did a show on VH1 called You're Cut Off. It was a short-lived show. But it was kind of crazy because I was in law school in Houston, and so then I was constantly flying back to L.A., and there's like a maximum number of days you're allowed to miss. But I will say I went to U of H, and they were super cool and very flexible with me. They let me switch back and forth between a full-time and a part-time course load, so I graduated in four years. Um, But I'm not sure if every other law school would have been as cool as they were, but it was good. They worked with me.
0: What what part of school were you done with? I mean, just the whole thing? Or? Yeah,
1: I ju- I guess after college, I don't know. I mean, I went to Emory University in Atlanta. I guess I was over it. I was bored by it. Like after a year, I'm like, I'm bored of the same people. Atlanta's cool, but I was like, I'm I want to do something new. Um, I I majored in English and creative writing. It was kind of a pointless time, you know. I minored in theater, which was fun, but. I think just the whole college environment I got bored of, like the whole, I was in a sorority, but it's like, it was fun for a year. And then I'm like, let's move on, you know?
0: Yeah. So (laughs) you grew up with parents. Your dad, of course, is a surgeon and Mm -hmm. your mom is an artist. Can you describe your, what your
1: childhood was like? Like they're both in their own way, very artistic. You know, my dad being a plastic surgeon, he's really into beautifying people and you know, that kind of thing. And he loves art. And so I think they're very compatible. My mom being, An artist and my brother and I have no artistic talent at all, (laughs) um, which is crazy, but it was a fun childhood. It was definitely like eccentric in the sense that they are both kind of not eccentric people, but they have a lot of cool friends that are different and not super traditional and not ultra conservative, you know? So I feel like I had a nice, colorful childhood in a way Yeah, and open-minded.
0: Yeah. How about your teen life? What was that like?
1: Um, I had a lot of fun as a teenager. So I went to Kincaid for eight years and I was just over it. And I was like, I'm going to go to Memorial for high school. That's where my best friend Brittany went. And we just had such a great time. Um, I mean, I made good grades and everything, but we had fun. It was such like the typical Texas high school. It was all about like football and cheerleading. And it was very wholesome back then. I don't know if it's changed, but... If it was the same as it was when I went there, that's where I'd want my daughters to go to school.
0: Yeah. I think it still has a very good reputation.
1: Yeah. So it was a really happy, positive experience, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, of course, I went through that awkward teenage year, which was my freshman year, and I did not look cute because I had braces still, which was so embarrassing. (laughs) And I have this picture of me on the tennis team, and it was just not a flattering picture, so I'm happy we didn't have a lot of Internet stuff back then. (laughs) So no one has to see it but me.
0: (laughs) Uh, You mentioned in a past interview a desire to have your own law show. Does that desire still exist?
1: Yeah. I mean, so my ultimate goal in general would be to become a judge. Um, And then, of course, a TV judge. Like, I would want to be like the next Judge Judy. She's amazing, but there can always be another one like her. Um, or on top of that, I'm considering producing a show about either female attorneys or just attorneys, who knows, but like the show Married to Medicine, um, the one in Atlanta, you know, cause it doesn't really only feature them at work. It's more about their personal lives. Mm. And I work with a lot of really cool, inspiring women and I know other women attorneys in the community. So I feel like if that type of show is done right, it could be good. It's just a challenge because of attorney-client confidentiality. Like you can't really film a lot of stuff with your clients, so it has to be more about like your life. I think.
0: Yeah, kind of behind yeah. the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, without talking about the client.
1: Yeah, just kind of more like women and their lives. And some are married, and some are moms, like me, and sing. And then others are single, and some are single moms, and just kind of like the work-life balance. And the people are all, a lot of women I work with are out there trying to change things in the community, doing a lot of philanthropy. Um, So I feel like it could be good. You just have to make it also entertaining, you know, but it's a balance because if you want to be seen as professional, you know, you can't do like throwing drinks at each other and acting crazy like they do on some other reality shows. So yeah, I have to figure out how to do it the right way, but I've already found a few women I know that would be interested. So yeah, we'll
0: see. Are, are you still a big reality fan? I mean, do you watch? Yeah. What are some of your favorites? Um,
1: of course, I still keep up with The Bachelor because I almost have to because people always want to know my opinions and things. I like Bachelor in Paradise better than the actual Bachelor. Um, I love the show Southern Charmed. Have you seen that? I have. It's so good. Yeah. I'm my obsessed. wife
0: is. Yeah, my wife is obsessed. She likes all the housewife mm-hmm. shows and Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like some of the housewives too. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Seems like all those shows do well.
1: Yeah, they do. You, it's a really, I think it's about finding the right cast of people, but not everyone can get along because that's boring. Like right. if, if everyone's just sitting around having fun and getting along, like there's no drama, you know.
0: So in your law show, how do you visualize it? Everybody goes to work, and that's where all the boring stuff is. And yeah, then it's, doesn't it doesn't it show a, a lot of it's that. It's a happy hour when.
1: Yeah, exactly. All the girls getting together, you know, and there's a lot of networking events we go to, but also showing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, like the ones that are like single moms and the challenge of balancing that with working full-time and, you know, and even with me, even though I'm married, it's like having two kids. One of them is only three and a half months old and working full-time. It's hard, you know, to balance everything.
0: Yeah. There's some real challenges there.
1: Yeah. And then also some of the girls that are single still, they keep themselves really busy because they're always... Giving back to the community and doing like all these volunteer events at like the Houston Food Bank and other taking on volunteer cases. And so it just feels like everyone I work with is super busy but interesting. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. So, you and Charles, what yeah. is your story? How did you all meet?
1: So, actually, we met, we laugh about it because we met um, in high school. He didn't go to my high school, but he was my friend Brittany's date to our junior prom. And she actually ended up dating my date, but, like, at the time, not now. She's (laughs) married to someone else. But Mm -hmm. we would not have guessed at that moment that we met that we would have hit it off. Uh, He was a lot, like, wilder than I was. And I was just pretty straight-laced and into, like, making good grades, you know, and doing going off on the fringe club trips or whatever I was doing. So we were very different people at the time. Um, And we have a picture from that night. And it's me and my date and Brittany and him. And like, we think it's the funniest thing because like, we just wouldn't have, if someone said, you guys are going to end up getting married, we would have been like, no way. That's so crazy. <laughs> but our past just kept crossing like throughout the years. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause he remembers like every time that we saw each other, like, and he's like, and you were wearing this shirt and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I didn't even keep track of those moments, but I wish like I had, cause they'd be cool now, you know, to think about.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he has a good memory.
1: Yeah, he does. Or I think I just like, you know, he was, I guess I always stood out to him. I don't know. He stood out to me, but because he was briefly dated my friend, I never thought about him that way. Yeah. Because that's how I am about friends, you know?
0: Yeah. What do you think (laughs) about you being on The Bachelor? Do you think that was cool? He
1: thought it was really cool. I think that's how I first came back, crossed his mind again, he said, was that he, his dad was having a bunch of people over at his house including our mutual friends, and it was the first, you know, episode of the season I was on, and someone turned it on, and he's like, oh, wow, that's so cool, you know, and so he knew about it and thought it was fun. A lot of guys I dated weren't into it, and they were like, oh, I'm super private. I don't like that, but he was, like, thought it was really cool, and he was very supportive about it.
0: Yeah, so the guys that didn't like it, they, because they were private, they, Mm -hmm. they?
1: Yeah, it was weird. I'm like, but that was in the past, but they didn't like that, you know, I still had somewhat of a public presence and some of them were like, I don't even have social media. And I'm like, well, obviously that's just not compatible with me. You know, they didn't like that. Some of their friends knew who I was or some of their friends' wives had seen the show, like for whatever reason, it just bothered them. Hmm. And I'm like, well, that's me, you know? So then I guess we can't be together. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So The Bachelor. Mm Hmm. Um, you talked about a little bit, but what what was the, you said that your, your dad encouraged you to get Mm -hmm. on the show
1: and he didn't really necessarily think I'd get cast. He said, he's like, I mean, I thought it was a long shot, but it happened.
0: Yeah. So when he first hit you with the idea Mm -hmm. of being on the show, what was your reaction?
1: Well, I think he did it because at the time, um, other than my job that was doing TV reporting, I was obsessed with watching reality TV. And he would, I was living with them and he would notice me just sitting around and like watching the real world or whatever I was into. And like I said, I just went through a breakup and he's like, Oh my gosh, you're so obsessed with reality TV. Maybe you should just do it. Plus, like I said, I was doing hosting and he, he and I both thought, okay, this could help me expand, you know, into maybe in LA or national because I was doing it locally. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, I think he was half kidding when he like mentioned it or just thinking, okay, she'll go down with her friends. Nothing might happen out of it. But even when he, you know, after my, when I got a call back, he's like, don't get too excited. I'm sure it's really competitive to get on to. Um, but it just happened. So I guess it was meant to be.
0: Yeah. When you first got the call mm-hmm. that you were cast, what was your reaction?
1: Well, So actually they came and surprised me at the house. Um, And so I wasn't expecting it, but they called my parents to make sure I'd be home and told them they were coming. And my parents did a really good job keeping it a secret for me. Randomly, my brother flew in town, and I was like, what are you doing in town? Because he wanted to be there for the surprise. And he's like, oh, it's our cousin's birthday party. And then I was all mad that my cousin didn't invite me to his pretend birthday party. So I was like, oh, my God, why wasn't I invited? Whatever. And then suddenly, the producers, like, showed up at the door, and they're like, surprise! But <laughs> well, they came with, like, a bouquet of roses. They're like, you're cast, you know? So I was I was definitely shocked in that moment. And then I was excited. Then I was like, oh, no, I have to pack. I have to get ready. Like, there's so much I have to do.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) what, what happened from that point forward? Then
1: I mean, we didn't, they gave me a few days, you know, to get ready and go. And, you know, of course you're like, I have to get my hair looking good. I have to get all of my outfits picked out. Um, I was definitely a little scared because we filmed our season in Italy. And so I was like overwhelmed, you know, going to a different country. And um, it's not like I hadn't been away from home. Of course I did for college, but still it was like, you didn't know what to expect. You know, like fly, you fly there by yourself and then you're in a hotel room for a few days while they're like getting your pictures and your interviews. And it's a process. Like you don't just like fly there and like appear at the mansion. So those few days were definitely nerve wracking and they take away your phones and things because they want to get you into that mindset, you know, to where all you're thinking about is the show environment. So it was, it was challenging. But then once you're there and you get to meet the other girls and made some friends, you know, things just started flowing better.
0: And then- I'm a practical thinker, so I ask questions mm. like this. But, for example, what if your passport wouldn't have been current? I mean, yeah. what, what happens with...
1: You needed a passport, but the funny thing that happened was my driver's license had expired mm. and um, in April. And we filmed in, like, June, so I don't know why I hadn't renewed it yet, but I just didn't. <laughs> which isn't good. But anyway, and so I didn't think it was an issue because I'm like, we're not going to be driving. But actually, when we were there, we had to drive Vespas and they wouldn't let me drive a Vespa because my license was expired. But then I got to ride on the same Vespa with Lorenzo, the bachelor. Um, So I was like, all the other girls were jealous and they thought I made up that my license was expired. I'm like, it really expired. And they told me I couldn't drive. Um, but we had to have a passport. We couldn't have gotten there without one.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess they check all that out before. Or, mm-hmm. okay.
1: Yeah. They made yeah. us send them a copy of our passport. Yeah. But I don't know. They didn't care about my license, I guess.
0: So you're responsible for your own wardrobe, hair, and everything. Yeah. They don't-
1: so now what people do, and when I went on Bachelor Pad and now Paradise or whatever, is people, and I did this too, um, like the reunion shows, you reach out to different designers and you're like, hey... I'm going on the show and now, you know, designers have caught on to it. And so they'll give you clothes, not necessarily to keep, but to wear while you're filming because mm-hmm. it's good exposure for them. Sure. But I didn't know about this the first season. So yeah, I had to get my entire wardrobe and they did provide us with outfit choices for a few different dates. Um, The first night they did our hair and makeup and I know they do it at the end for like the finale and everything. But yeah, while we were there, it was totally up to us. And there was times when, You know, we would be doing interviews or things like at 1 a.m. And I'm like, oh, I don't need makeup. And then it airs and you're like, okay, maybe I looked okay in person, but then not on TV without any makeup. So you learn your lessons that way. Uh, (laughs) You know, sometimes you're like, why didn't I put on makeup that day? So
0: was that your first time to Italy?
1: No, it was actually my third time, but I haven't been there since then, which is crazy. But I had gone once before with my parents and then once on like a teen tour thing.
0: Yeah. So you yeah, you so
1: ordered. I knew it well, but I got like an insider's guide um because our bachelor was Prince Lorenzo Borghese, who's still one of my good friends, he was at our wedding Ooh. and he's still single. Um which is funny. <laughs> but yeah, so his family has like, you know, castles and things, like he's a true prince from like a royal Italian family. Wow. He's a descendant of this pope. But anyway, there's all these like streets named after them and things and so even though it was my third time in Rome, it was more like a behind the scenes, like insiders, exclusive, I guess, trip to Rome.
0: Yeah. How much did you watch The Bachelor before you Not were actually... Not a lot. Yeah.
1: So the funny thing is like one of my castmates, Lisa, who I'm friends with, she had watched like every single season and every single episode. So she would like predict, she's like, okay, now it's time for the two on one date. Now this is going to happen this episode. And I had seen like a few episodes with some of my girlfriends in college um, of Andrew Firestone season, but like very briefly, you know, like I knew who some of these people were, but I didn't really even know how the show worked, So it was kind of like new to me, mm. which I think was good because it made it like an organic experience.
0: Yeah. That I was going to ask, did you have any sort of plan coming on to the show? But you just sounds little, like you really yeah. didn't have time.
1: I didn't have time to come up with a plan, but I will say that what I was a fan of was the show, the apprentice. And I loved Omarosa. And I just thought she was so cool. So I was like, I want to kind of be like her in the sense that I don't know. I thought it'd be more fun to kind of be that out there personality. And I was like, mate, I'm just going to put myself out there and be like, I always tell people I was myself, but like kind of a more over the top version of myself, you know? And so I was like, you know, maybe everyone's not going to love me. They might, I might be the girl they love to hate kind of like Omarosa was certain people. But I want to have fun and I want to make good TV too. Like this is a show. It's not that serious. And I was hoping, you know, for a real love connection. And instead I made a lifelong friend. Like awesome. I said, he was at our wedding. So that's it's incredible. cool. You that's, know, that's and I made some cool, other yeah. friends from my season two that are lifelong friends. So it's
0: Wonderful. cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, cause she is obviously mm-hmm. controversial Definitely. With, with, which is what makes it but
1: she's cool. I mean, President Fairly, Trump yeah. briefly had her as an advisor, I think. Like, she's obviously done really well, you yeah, know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you were Erica Rose then. Mhm. And how have you or have you changed since Definitely. then, Erica?
1: I think I yeah. changed a lot. The biggest change I think ever is becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's the first time that you have to care about someone more than yourself, like this person. And yes, I had dogs, you know, and I took care of them, but it's different. You can be like, bye guys. I'll see you in a few hours. You know, I'm going to go do my thing or I'll see you later tonight, but not with a child. Like this, you know, girl, baby is depending on you for all of their needs. And so it's just, it's the biggest change to everyone and people that I noticed differences in my friends that are parents and not parents, because it's like, until you make that ultimate sacrifice, you know what I mean? Like if you sacrifice your body during pregnancy, but then it's like when that baby's here, you always have to worry about them for the rest of their lives. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're never really done being a parent. And so I think that's really what changed me the most as a person and just taught me how to be very selfless,
0: Yeah,
1: you know, because when I was doing TV and in law school, My life was not all about myself, like in a narcissistic way, but it was about, like, here I am, I'm focusing on my TV career, I'm also balancing law school, you know, and I didn't have anyone else I had to worry about. So I just had to worry about graduating and I had to worry about, you know, my classes and then running off to this filming or whatever. But when you have a child, even working full time, like you still have to worry about them all day long and be like, okay, like checking in, how are they doing at school? Or if they have a cold, you know, arranging for them to get to the doctor. You know what I mean? So it's just the biggest change. So I'm definitely not the same person I was before becoming a mom. Yeah.
0: We'll be right back. We are very excited to have a new sponsor at Your Cron luxury men's clothing lines thaddeus and tad are now combined on one website they belong to the same family they share dna might as well have their clothes all in the same place too both brands are typically sold at nordstrom's bergdorf's and unique upscale boutiques but you can find them online at thaddeusandtad.com thaddeus the uncle is a collection of sportswear for the man who always arrives well dressed but sometimes breaks the rules. Quality fabrics are important, but so are comfort, fit, and details. Some of the pieces are washed and weathered, others more crisp. Thaddeus is designed for the man who is current and comfortable in his own skin. Tad, the younger nephew, is more rugged, more washed and weathered, but willing to learn from the past. Tad is the nephew of Thaddeus, sharing the same namesake and DNA, but interpreted for a new generation of sportswear. Tad is more casual, suggesting a more worn in easy look. The fit is slightly slimmer and trimmer. Tad fits the mind and body of a man who wants to put his own stamp on the traditions he has inherited. For menswear that is a Tad dressy and a Tad disheveled, shop online at ThaddeusandTad.com. So what are some memorable takeaways from your experiences on any of the shows you've been on? What are mm-hmm. some of the standouts for you?
1: Like standout moments? Yeah. I guess like we just had a lot of fun behind the scenes that people I wish people could see. But like when everyone was getting along and just having fun together, and because we didn't have our phones and we didn't have any electronics, you bonded in a way that's kind of like summer camp when you were younger. You know, like these people and I are lifelong friends. Um, And we just did really silly things sometimes. Like one of these guys came up with this game called What's That Smell? And it's kind (laughs) of gross, but like they would blindfold someone. Only a guy (laughs) could come up
0: with something like that.
1: Yeah, you would blindfold someone and then you would stick two of your fingers in some like kitchen item and then you'd have to smell it and guess what it was. I mean, it was just weird, but we had fun and it was silly. And like me, you know, and some of the former castmates will text each other and laugh about those funny times and... Like I said, it was just, you, we have this weird bond that we'll always have. It's like a special fraternity or sorority. And a lot of them came to my wedding, you know, we keep up with each other and our lives and social media makes that easier. And it's, it's special.
0: Yeah. So I have to ask, what were some of the smells?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, just different things in the kitchen. Like I think if it was like a pie or like some cleaning solution, but nothing gross, just like kitchen, you know, things we found around the house. But it was really funny. I don't know. It was my friend Casey that came up with it, Casey Kale. And it was just silly in ways to occupy our time. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. That sounds like <laughs> a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> uh, so
0: behind the scenes, mm-hmm. is there anything that you can share with us, Erica, that would surprise fans of the show?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I think, let me try to think about it. I mean, I don't know if people are surprised to know how little we sleep. Like sometimes it was like three hours a night. Really? Why yeah. is that? Because you're making a show and things yeah. have to get done. So like, especially on nights where there was rose ceremonies um, and you have them on Bachelor and you also have them on now Bachelor in Paradise, which was Bachelor pad. But you know, sometimes they would go on until the sun was coming up and Mm -hmm. then they'd be like, okay, go to bed for two or three hours. And like they have their crew the next day. So like they want to make the most out of their time and their Mm -hmm. budget, So sometimes I remember like we thought of my friend Michael came up with a secret Thought like you'd get up, you'd get ready and like appear downstairs, you know, in the bachelor mansion. And then when it then like try to sneak away and take a nap and like go back to sleep because you were so tired. But I think it's the combination of sometimes being so exhausted, drinking a lot you know, because there's always alcohol around and there's not always, there's food, but sometimes you don't feel like cooking or this and that. And so it's just a mix of things. I think people think people are crazier than they really are. And especially on bachelor, they think, Oh, how is this girl so obsessed with this guy so soon? But it's the only guy you're with, like besides the producers, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're with all these women and it's almost like a competitive thing. Like you become thinking like, Oh, if he likes her, not me, then that means she's prettier than I am. Or it means that she's better than me. And so it really gets in your head, especially because you can't have your phone and you can't have TV and other distractions. And sometimes you'll try to talk about like a random topic and a producer will come by and say, no, talk about the bachelor. What do you think he's doing on his date with this other girl right now? So it's not just that the girls are so crazy and that's all they want to talk about, but like, they're not going to air something where people are talking about like their random friend back home. Like that just won't mean it mean anything to viewers, you know? Yeah. So of course that's what they want you to talk about. And what people just need to realize is like it's an hour a week. That hour is taken out of like hundreds of hours of footage. Yeah. So it's editing, you know? Yeah. And yeah. they can't make you do or say anything. But they will strongly encourage it, you know? Yeah. And so I don't like now, I mean sometimes I just go along with people and they're like, oh my gosh, that girl Corinne or whoever, she's so crazy. I'm like, you don't really know her if you haven't met her in real life. Like You can have an opinion based on the character that she is portraying, but, Mm. you know, unless you hang out with someone in real life, you shouldn't think that, you know, that person, you know, are there any scripts at all? There are no scripts. Like they never hand you a script, but when you're doing your one-on-one interviews, um, like when you're watching the show, you'll see people that are just commenting on things. Mm -hmm. You don't see or hear the producer asking questions, Mm -hmm. but they'll rephrase things several times until they kind of get the answer they want. Like, they'll be like, do you think that was so annoying when Jenna interrupted your conversation? And you'll be like, no, it wasn't that annoying. They're like, but honestly, wasn't it so annoying? And you're like, I mean, I guess they're like, but really how annoying was it? And you're like, it was so annoying when she <laughs> interrupted my conversation. And then that's the part that airs. Because like, they'll keep asking and asking the same question, you know, so you, you figure out what you, they want you to say. And sometimes you're like, I just want this to be over. And yeah. so you say it. And like I said, I was really happy in, to cooperate, um, especially during my first season. I think later on I was like more savvy and I realized, I'm just going to be me, you know, and I'm not going to exactly give them what they want. And then I didn't get as much airtime, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to, you know, they're going to betray you how you want. You should just really go along with it and have fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were in Vegas recently Mm -hmm. and was talking to the um, last winner of Hell's Kitchen. And she was telling me about that reality show. Uh And she said it is just. Three weeks of nonstop Mm. filming, even when you're sleeping. Yeah, they
1: film you. Exactly. Same Same thing. thing? Yep. And it was kind of creepy at first. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then it kind of psychs you out after you're done and you've done so many of those shows. You get used to like always being watched in a way that like now it's like you're constantly aware, even if people aren't watching you, but you're like aware of all your actions. And like, you know, like it's just you get used to like having to always be on camera. It's very weird. Yeah. I will say.
0: Yeah. That is some interesting <laughs> stuff. That yeah.
1: Is. It was creepy to wake up and there'd be like a cameraman right there and you have like your eye mask on your head and you're like, Hey, <laughs> like it was annoying to have to go to bed and be like, do I look cute going to sleep? <laughs> Luckily I don't snore anything, but like, you know, they would film people snoring and like air that like all kinds of things. It's, it's embarrassing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Were there any moments you'd like to have back? You mean like
1: that I wish didn't happen?
0: Yeah, that they didn't air?
1: Um, I mean, like when I was on the first season, there were definitely times I seemed like a brat. Mm -hmm. But I was 23, and maybe I was a little bratty. Um, But just, you (laughs) know, when I insulted the other girls sometimes Mm. and said kind of snobby or rude things about them because I was feeding into what the producers wanted me to say and do, and I was having fun with it. But I didn't realize that everyone would take things seriously. I thought they'd realize, oh, she's being a character. So that was hard.
0: so would you try to explain yourself why you said or acted um, a certain way and they just didn't buy it or?
1: You mean like to random people? Yeah.
0: Well, I mean to, to some of the, you may have offended on the show.
1: Oh yeah. We all got over it and like became friends immediately because some of them said rude things about me too. And so we, after we filmed the reunion, like we all went out, you know, and we're like, I love you. <laughs> and, you know, everything was fine. But then it aired and, like, viewers would get mad and be like, you were mean to her. Like, you know, why were you so rude? And I'm like, we don't care anymore. Like, we're over it. But, like, random people we didn't know were, like, more upset about it, you know?
0: Yeah. And, you know, I hear celebrities all the time talk about social media, especially uh, it seems like Twitter's the one that's Mm -hmm. the the negative one. Yeah, it was
1: bad. What's your take on the on the I mean yeah like I would get a lot of mean-spirited tweets too yeah um just like why did you you know do this to Michael or why did this happen and we all had to deal with it I mean some people would like insult your appearance to you be like you look horrible your hair looks terrible you know, they just want to like insult you. And you're like, you don't understand it because I've literally can say this, honestly, never once in my life have I ever sent a mean tweet to a random celebrity, to a random reality person, to anyone I didn't know to insult them. Yeah. Sometimes I'll send one to them complimenting them. They don't always reply, but it's like, I'm really about if being positive, especially on social media. If you have a problem with someone in your own real life, that's your private problem. But like, I don't understand what inspires these people. They must obviously be having problems in their own life and not be happy. If they're like wanting to reach out to people they don't know and be mean to them. I that's like, something. you know, yeah, that's a strange person. Themselves. Yeah. And sometimes I would reply that to them and be like, I'm really sorry that you're so upset with your life. Really? Yeah. And I would say things like You'd
0: that. you respond to a, a negative. Sometimes I'd, like I'd be that.
1: like, I'm sorry, you're not happy with yourself, you know, <laughs> awesome. but yeah. you can't but then you can't get out, sit around complaining with these people all day. That's like kind of what they want from you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll right. be like, I, sometimes, I mean, some of my castmates did this too. We'd write back, I'll pray for you. And that's a way to just make them stop. Shut it down. hmm
0: Yeah. Do you, are you pretty active on on social media now? Do you respond yeah, to your fans still?
1: I do. Um, I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook mm-hmm. I like because it's people I know, and then there's also people I don't even know, but we've been like Facebook friends for 10 years. I'm like, I feel like I know you, and, you know, but really? we don't really know each other. And then Twitter, I'm not as active on for whatever reason, but I like Instagram. I like you know, I'm I'm not like amazing with Instagram like some people are, but I'm trying to figure it out, you know, how to do better to be really good at it. Some of my friends are like, inf- like social media influencers. I'm like, I'm kind of a mini influencer, I guess. Not really. I don't know. But I like Instagram. I like posting pictures, trying to make them look good aesthetically, you know, and I do yeah. have random fans here and there. I attract, like, really weird requests. Um, I was a kissing coach on TLC when I was single. And recently someone emailed me and was like, hey, can you do that? Teach me how to kiss. I'm like, no, I'm married. I'm a lawyer. Like, I'm not going to give you kissing lessons. That was, like, a one-time thing. My bachelor producer friends produced the show, Love It, First Kiss on TLC. I was living in L.A. and they called me. They're like, we can't find a kissing coach. Will you do it? So I literally had to teach this guy that was 27. He never kissed a girl how to kiss and, like, actually kiss him and show him how to do it. But no, like, I'm not taking requests from random people on the Internet. I don't think my husband would like that. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Kissing coach. <laughs> how do you teach somebody how to kiss? I mean, you w- just w- w- have what to would do you, it. You just do it. Okay. So, mm-hmm. There's no verbal instruction I mean, there before. was instruction.
1: Like, okay. he for real was horrible and had like never kissed someone. And they played me a video of him kissing a girl and he just like stuck his mouth out and went like closed it and didn't even open it. And, um, the premise of the show was that the two of them met and kissed and then they decide if they want to go on a date. So of course the girl didn't want to go on a date with him. So they said, we're going to give him another chance. We're bringing in me, you know, to teach him lessons. And so I said like, okay, Try to use a little tongue, but not too much. Like, don't like stick it in and like, you know, shove it down her mouth. Maybe like grab her hair. You know, I was like, always leave them wanting more. Don't be super slobbery. Like I had to give him, he really did not know how to kiss a girl. So there
0: was some verbal instruction. Yeah,
1: I had to give him verbal instruction. And then the producer was like, can you show him? And I was like, okay. So I had to. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the but it was okay. Say, <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> funny. It? But he was so grateful about it. I mean, yeah. I still keep it in touch with him. His name's Josh, and he was like thanking me so many times. And when it aired, I honestly felt like a proud mom. I'm like, look at my student. And the girl actually wanted a new girl actually wanted to go on a date with him. And I was just like, yeah, help someone, you yeah. know.
0: So, have any of uh, <laughs> Josh's girlfriends thanked you?
1: No, I think he's still single. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Well, I will say, going back to the social media thing, Mm. so my wife, uh, as I said, she's a big fan of Housewives, Mm -hmm. and she uh, sent a a tweet to... um, I think it was Vicki. Okay. I like
1: Vicki. She's Vick,
0: married. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she responded.
1: Oh, and yeah. And my wife was on cloud. Nine, was she dying? Uh, says, so it was a so, nice tweet she sent.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. She was She was complimentary. Cool. So you so said, just so you'll know from the other side, it really mm-hmm. makes somebody feel yeah. good if you take time, you know, to, to respond to the well, past. That's cool. But, but I know it's not easy to do. Yeah. It. I
1: mean, sure. now it is because I'm not like bombarded with tweets, but I imagine B- Vicky is because the show's still airing and... While the show is airing, yeah, it's hard to get back back to everyone, but yeah, it is cool. I think when people do that, you know, and interact with each other, it's nice. Yeah.
0: So what does the future look like for Erica Rose?
1: Um, Well, for now, I'm going to focus on my law career, being a mom, my marriage. And like I said, definitely I want to get into producing um, and bringing my law career into it. You know, so whether it's a show about lawyers or waiting until I'm a judge to make that show, production's definitely something I'm going to get into. Mm-hmm. I want to use all my reality TV, you know, nine or whatever years it was that I did it um, and put together my own thing so I can actually be in charge this time sure. and be my authentic self and not playing a character of myself, you know. And, of course, I probably might have to guide the other girls and tell them what to not what to do, but... How you're supposed to say things because they want sound bites, not like rambles and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've always wanted to get into production, so I think that is like the next logical step. Yeah, for sure.
0: So that whole process in, in filming, uh, yeah. It, did you do much of the acting from scripts and? Um,
1: with reality or
0: just just, in general? Yeah, just in film or theater.
1: Um, I was a theater minor at Emory. And Mm. so, yeah, I was in a couple plays, you know, and... um, when I moved to LA, I had an agent and she sent me on some auditions. So obviously none of them worked out, yeah. um, for, t- for things outside of reality or hosting. Right. So I, I realized I'm like, I'm better at just being myself yeah. than I am at playing a different character. Cause if the character has to do something weird that I wouldn't do, you know, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I don't know. So I'm just yeah. better at being myself.
0: Yeah. What about um, directing?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, in the sense of reality shows, there's always a director on there because yeah. you have to, so I feel like, yeah, I would be directing in that type of sense. Not like directing actors. I'm not yeah. that talented of an actor. You know what I mean? That's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: Cool. Cool. What is the best way for your fans to stay connected today?
1: With me, the best way for my fans to keep up with me is, um, through my Twitter and Instagram and Instagram. It's at Erica the Rose. So E-R-I-C-A-T-H-E-R-O-S-E. Um, and I definitely respond. If people comment on my pictures, I always reply. Sometimes I don't always see my direct messages. But if people, like I said, if they comment on posts, I definitely reply. And I try to reply when people tweet at me too. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. So I think that's a good way.
0: Excellent. Well, Erica... This has been, I could go on and on, but I, I want to be, res- so <laughs> be respectful of your time. <laughs> and uh, i like to close with a legacy question. Okay. So in a hundred years, mm-hmm. say someone from your extended family, perhaps mm-hmm. a grandchild or even a great grandchild is listening to this recording mm-hmm. in some form. What do you want them to remember about you, about your life, or perhaps is there a, a specific message you mm-hmm. want to share?
1: I just hope that they think that I was a good person, a good mom, that I always did my best, and that I was a kind person, you know, um, and loving. And I hope the world is in a good state in 100 years. Like, so many crazy things are going on, you know, and that's what scares me sometimes. It's like, one day I won't be around, which is scary, and my daughters are going to be here, you know. And so I hope that they're doing well and that they always strive to do whatever they want and be themselves and that they also end up in happy, good marriages. They never allow anyone to disrespect them. I'm really like into that, you know, no one should put up with disrespect, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's through random people disrespecting you, they've seen you on TV, they don't know you, you know, respect is just so important. Excellent.
0: <laughs> good words. Good words. Yes. Erica, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great having you.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun.